This sikha is one of the more famous sikhas of the Rebbe, uh, where the Rebbe speaks about the um, merit of learning Torah. It says in the um, Gemara that anyone who causes a chasen and kala to be happy, as we just learned yesterday in Basilagani, how there's such tremendous revelation of galaness at a chasna, so anyone who causes a chasen and kala to be happy, Merits to receive the Torah. Why? Why do you get Torah if you make the Chasen Kala happy? Because it says uh, five different expressions about voice by a wedding. And uh, also by the giving of the Torah, there's also five expressions of voice. So in this talk of the Rebbe, the Rebbe explains. Um, a lot about creation and the uniqueness of Torah study and our role in this uh, in this uh, gift. Let's go. There were on the third day in the morning there was thunder and lightning and there was a heavy cloud in the mountain and the voice of a shofar. Again, the Torah says. And the voice of the shofar was very loud. Moshe spoke and God answered him with a kel, with a voice. In these psukim, it mentions five uh, voices. Therefore, the Gemara says, if you cause a chas and to be happy, you merit to receive the Torah, because the Torah was given with five voices. And also in regards to a chasen, we find the words, we find the word voice five times. A voice of gladness, a voice of a voice of joy, a voice of a chasen, a voice of a kala, a voice that says thank, to, th- to praise and thank the Lord of hosts. Move on. It's understood. It's understood that the reason why you get Torah, if you cause a chasm to be happy, it's not only because um, they have the word voice five times in both of them. Rather, it's, it's because of there is an inner connection between them. Rabbi Al-Khan <coughs> always points out that um, the first person to write Bible codes was the Baal HaTurim. Baal HaTurim means the one who authored the entire, the first rendition of the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, and his point is that uh, the famous marshal of the uh, Dubna Magid, Dubna Magid was once asked by this non-Jew, how do you make such great parables? And Dubna Magid said, okay, oh, you want to know how to make parables? It's very good, I'll tell you how I do it. I'll, let me give you a parable. And he said to him that once there was an archer, and the archer was always getting bullseyes. And someone asked him, how do you always get bullseyes? And he said, it's very simple. First I shoot the arrow, then I paint the bullseye around it. So, it, so to the, bull, the Dubna Magid said, first I think about the point of the parable, once another point, I can create the parable. In a similar way, the reasons why the numbers of certain things have the same numerical equivalent, the same gematria, doesn't create the bond between them. That just indicates that they have a similar, similar spiritual energy. So, a, so when we say the chas and kala and the Torah have a connection, it's not just that their connection is forged, it's based, it's created by the... Uh, same number of voices that the Torah writes about them, it's the opposite. They have a connection in their core. 
and because they have a connection, their essence and core, therefore this also comes out in the, in the number of divine energies that are uh, written by each of them. So, it's not logical to say that you get to the Torah because the Torah and the Chassan are both connected to five voices and they have no other connection. The opposite. The number of voices is the same because of their common denominator, because of their common core. That's why they also have this phenomenon of five voices. Al-Tarebetake says that why does a chasen, why does someone who makes a chasen happy receive the Torah? Because it's, it's measure for measure. The Torah is called chasen. Why is the Torah called chasen? We're called kala, and the Torah is called chasen. Why? Because just like the, the, the chasen is the mashpia to the kala, just like the chasen gives the kala, so too the Torah gives the Jewish people. The chasen is called the mashpia, the one who gives in the relationship. So too, the Jewish people are the recipients of the divine flow of the Torah. Yesterday, I... Uh, uh, oh, Shalom Aleichem. Just, just in time. So, so someone shared with me yesterday, a <coughs> verse from their father. Their father always would say, um, they, they hear received from the Rebbe, he asked the Rebbe for a bracha, for a shidduch, and the Rebbe said to him, the pipeline... Uh, you just walked in. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, uh, in the language of Rabbi Jack Benny. It's in the script. So, uh, so, so um, the Rebbe said to this guy who wanted bracha for Shidduch that the pipeline and the vessel for bracha is Torah. It's not only what brings the bracha down; it's also what receives it. It, it, it does the whole thing. Bring Torah, more Torah is a, bra- is a vessel for bracha. Okay, Gemara Imeres. So how come the Gemara is focusing on the number of voices? Because, I mean, we should have just said the Torah is called a chasen. Why does the Gemara point out the voice thing? Because the Gemara wants to bring out exactly what, the, what does the Torah give the Jewish people. The Gemara wants to say that this number of five voices that expresses the essence of their common core. By the fact that the Torah was given in, with five voices, in the very, very same way that a chasen has five voices, we see that not only does a chasen, a chasen kala and Torah have in common that both chasen and Torah give, they are the givers, in addition to the fact that they're both givers, rather the, the proof that the Gemara is giving over here is that the, it's the same kind of divine flow. The very, the, the very same kind of lofty divine flow that comes from Chos and Takala, that same kind of divine flow comes from the Torah Jewish people. As we, we shall see, it's possible to think that the Torah is just as the Torah itself says about her, about herself. The Torah says that she is your wisdom and understanding to the eyes of the nations. The Torah makes the Jewish people, the smart people, the number one book in Guinness Book of World Records. What's the number one selling book in history? The Bible. So the Torah is, makes the Jewish people smarter. It's a great book. We're smart. 
But that's, and so you might, therefore you might think that what's the way the Torah benefits, the Torah gives the Jewish people? It gives us seichel, gives us intelligence, like a teacher gives a student. We learn it. We learn it. We're the people in the book, my friend. Everyone else knows that, except for you. Anyway, so... Uh, so Sorry, 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 sorry. I just, I just, just wanted, to, wanted to prevent us getting derailed into Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so the um, Torah was given in five voices. Just like a chasam kala, um, it says about chasam kala, five voices. The five voices of the chasam kala indicate a kind of divine flow that comes from chasam kala. So too when we say the Torah was given with five voices, it's telling us that the Torah has in it something similar. It's not just wisdom, it's not just understanding. I mean, we have uh, been learning a lot about this, uh, we've been pickled a little bit in this idea, but uh, it's not something that, that we should take for granted, it's something that Chassidus gives us. I, there's an article this guy wrote about the virtue of Torah study. He says, don't learn Torah study for the sake of the wisdom of Torah, uh, of, 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 don't learn Torah study for the sake of knowing the halachas. Don't learn Torah study because of, of give you a, a, a inspiration in life. Learn Torah study just because it's such a geshmake seichel, so, so, such, so, so, such so, so pleasurable ideas. So that's wrong, of course. The Torah is far more than that. Torah is godliness. But here we're not talking about the, the essence of Torah being godliness. We're also talking about, about what the Torah gives us. What do we get from Torah? By the way, the letters of the term make you smart. If you actually look at the letters, they may be something uh, osmosis. Okay, second column. Everything in Torah is exact. Everything in Torah is precise. So too, these words of the Gemara, that mention five voices, not just that they have the same number, but they have five voices, there's something to, there's a message here. There's a lesson here. Let's go. Base. Or to understand the unique virtue that is expressed by the number five, we have to first explain the commonality of Torah and Chasen and what the meaning of the word voice is in general. What's the idea of a voice? A voice is a revelation of something that was previously hidden. Your voice expresses your thoughts, your feelings. Previously, no one knew what you were thinking, what you were feeling, and your voice brought out what was previously hidden in your heart and mind to, uh, to the fore. Your voice expresses and reveals what is hidden. It would say, just like a person's voice is, it fits to the content that you're trying to express. As we see, you cannot compare the voice that's used when you are giving a commandment, which is very powerful, it's very strong. Or a voice that expresses deep thought, that you're, you're, a voice that you're using to express a deep idea. The Gemara says, the words of the wise are said softly. So something which is a deeper, more intellectual idea is, has a different sound than a, um, than a commandment, when you're commanding someone. Uh, in Esfahan, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's, there, there's about 12 different interpretations to the word, uh, <laughs> uh, can mean 
commandment. Go bring dinner. Uh, every night you want me to make dinner? What about you? Uh, anyway, so the, you're... you're <laughs> Yeah, buy the tickets to the play. <laughs> I haven't seen this in such a long time. <laughs> ah, so happy to see you too. Okay. Anyway, so 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 um, so the um, voice we <laughs> the voice we use has a lot to do with the content and what we're trying to express with our voice. Not only do we say different things, express our thoughts and feelings, but the kind of voice we're using has a lot to do with what we're trying to say. So too, in heaven, there are different voices, different ways, different kinds of divine flow, which are different from each other. There are different kinds of divine flow which are connected to the, um, the unique thing that's being brought down. So when we say the Torah was given with five voices, with five different kinds of flow, because the Torah has in it five different kinds of things. One higher than the next. Each of the five distinct qualities of the Torah is brought down through the five different kinds of voice. Five different, so to speak, tones of divine flow are connected to the five different things that the Torah has. That explains why the Torah is praised. How does the Gemara praise the Torah? The Torah was given with five voices. What, what's Gemara's praise? A little bit of a... Uh, okay. Yudua, it's known. It's known that the entire spiritual cosmos is divided into four kinds of worlds which parallel the four different kinds of creatures in this world, inanimate, vegetation, animal, and human. The four different kinds of worlds are get, the four different kinds of worlds receive their energy from four different kinds of godly energy in God's name. Yud and Nehei, Nevav and Nehei are the four different kinds of godly energy which create four different kinds of worlds. Those four letters are the source of the four different kinds of worlds. Which cre- in each world, you have four different kinds of creatures. Not only do we have the four different kinds of creatures in this world, but also there's something parallel in the higher four worlds. And since God used the Torah as a blueprint, as the Gemara says, God looked in the Torah and created the world, Whatever exists in the order and the, in, the, in the energy of the world comes from and stems from, it's found and actually originates from the Torah. So it must be that the Torah also has these four levels of Yud Kevavke. Yud Kevavke exists in creation, Kevavke exists in the source of creation, Kevavke exists in the blueprint of creation. Now we can understand what the Torah's greatness is expressed in the fact that it has five voices. Why? In addition to the four levels of Yudkei Vavke, 
which are connected to the entire spiritual cosmos. The Torah has a fifth thing, which is a beyond Yud Kivav It's even beyond the Yud. That's so. When God gave us the Torah, He said, "I am the Lord your God." The words He used, He chose, He chose, "I am the Lord your God," are very specific, and they express something very profound. There is Yud Kevavke. Yud Kevavke is the energy of creation. There's a Lokecha. There is your power, your life force, the energy of a Jew. And then there's Anoichi. Anoichi means I who only I can know who I am. As the Zohar says, the word Anoichi indicates something which no letter can, uh, can portray. Usually every letter of the Torah has some kind of divine energy in it, but the, the, the word Anoichi expresses God's essence. That's why actually Anoichi is, is Egyptian. It's not actually originally Hebrew. Um, could be right. I, I, th- I thought it was Egyptian. Uh, uh, what do you say about you? So he says, Anoichi, Egyptian Aramaic. You're not answering the question. What language is it? Okay. We know what it means, Ari. We're asking. You know what it means? What does it mean, Anonafi? That's not the question, though. That's my question. Yeah, but answer our question. Answer our question. Okay, okay, all right. Aramaic or Egyptian? It's very It's If you don't know, Ari, you don't have to be ashamed to say, I don't know. Okay, okay. We'll move right along. So, when Hashem gave us a Torah, He said, I am the Lord your God. I is referring to God's essence. And Hashem said, My essence is coming into you. I am your God. In other words, Anoichi and Yuki Vavke are all transmitted, as Rabbi Arya just pointed out. Anoichi is the acronym for the words, I, my soul, I wrote it and gave it. That means Hashem is not just giving us Yudke Vavke, when he gives us the Torah, he's not just giving us the energy of creation, the energy of, of the entire spiritual cosmos, rather, Hashem is giving us something more. He's, he's even giving us something beyond the Yud of Yudke Vavke. He's giving us his essence. Anoichi, he's giving us his very core. That's what the Gemara means when it says God gave us the Torah with five voices. The five voices is specific. There's, there's, the Torah has in it a fifth dimension, not just a four of creation, but something from God's essence. So to understand exactly what's unique about that, what that means, we're going to first explain what are the four different kinds of creatures in this world? How are they different from each other? And this will give us some insight to the divine energy which creates them, how they're found in Torah, and we're going to contrast that and go back to the fifth dimension of what Torah gives us. Since we are unable to understand spirituality the way spirituality really is, you can only understand spirituality by looking at the physical things that emanate from spirituality. By looking at the various physical phenomena which originate from, from distinct divine energies, we could have some kind of an estimation, some kind of understanding of their source. The spiritual things we can't directly understand. But we could look at what is created by those spiritual things and thereby get some understanding in the, in, in the spiritual energy. 
To understand a little bit about the four letters of God's name. And through understanding the four letters of God's name, we'll understand the wondrous virtue of the Torah. The Torah was given in five voices, which is beyond Yud Kivavke. So, in order to understand what, what's unique about, um, about Torah, uh, we first have to explain exactly what are these four creatures inanimate, vegetation, animal and human, kalamata here in this world which correspond to the four letters of God's name they originate from those four letters so looking at let's understand what UK Vavke is by knowing what these four creatures are that, create, that are created by UK Vavke Let's go right to it. What's the difference between inanimate and vegetation? We're in the second column of page uh, three, by the way. In the inanimate, all you could see is, a, is the physical body. You don't see any kind of animation. Although it does have a soul, there's a soul called the soul, the silent soul of the inanimate. If inanimate is actually the wrong word. Inanimate is not, not a true word. Inanimate means that there is no energy there, but there is. There's a soul in water, that result says. The soul, the result says there's a soul in rocks. They have, there's a soul there too. Uh, there's a divine energy there. Just that uh, divine energy isn't, isn't uh, it's quiet. It doesn't, you don't see any animation from it, but there is the energy there. Lumazes, on the other hand, in vegetation, you can see the energy. There you, could, you, could, you can't see the energy itself. It's noticeable. The vegetation has divine energy there. You can see that there's some animation there. You can see that there's something there that your five senses cannot... cannot uh, when you look at a rock, you think that you've got the entire rock. You, you, you don't know, realize that there's something in the, in the rock that you're not getting with your five senses. You could stick a dynamite. Yeah. Okay, very good, very good. So the same is also true for everything that's in a, that, that we call inanimate. Correct. So, but what's unique about vegetation is that it's noticeable. The divine energy in the in in vegetation is noticeable. It, you could you could tell that there's something there that your five senses cannot perceive. Your five senses do not see it, do not smell it, do not can touch it, um, can't hear it. But there's something there. You it's noticeable to you that there's something there. In a way, there's a farther distinction between the inanimate and the vegetation than there is between vegetation and animal and human. The, these latter three categories of vegetation, animal, and human have a common denominator. The, the divine energy in them, the spiritual energy in them, in spirit, yeah, the spiritual energy in them is noticeable. There is a revelation of the divine energy in them. Those three categories have that in common that you could s- that it's something discernible that there's the godly energy in them because there's movement, because there's growth, as we shall see. The difference between those three categories is only in how it's revealed. But in the in the um, in the what does inert mean, by the way? Inert matter. What's 
So I'll, I'll see the word. I think the word inert is a better word because inanimate means doesn't there's no animation in there. Inert means it's not moving. I think it's so I think the it molecules are so close moving. together that it doesn't look like they're moving. But under the microscope, it looks uh, Okay, great. So um, so so what's what's different about inert matter? Is that you don't see any revelation of you don't see any expression of its of its uh, the, of its spiritual energy, versus the other three, there's a, the, the, you, you can see that there's energy in all three of them, except different there is a difference between them and how that divine energy how that spiritual energy is expressed, but there is some kind of expression of of uh, energy of of spirituality. There's a spiritual energy, energy there that, that's noticeable in different ways. However, if we were to category, categorize um, these, uh, these four into groups, the tzameach, the vegetation, has a closer connection to the inanimate than it does to animals and humans. If we were to categorize them, these four categories, into two, and call one body and one soul, so if we were to categorize them into two, and to call one body and one soul, we would have to put the category of vegetation into the group called body together with the inert matter. We would not put it in the category of soul of, in an, of animals and humans. As the very name vegetation indicates, it's not chai, it's not alive, it's not soul. There was halacha at one point in history before uh, the flood, it was forbidden to, to eat animals. You, were, you had to eat vegetation. You are not allowed to eat animals because, apparently, because of the soul in, in animals. They're considered in the category of soul. They're considered alive. They're, they are soul creatures versus both vegetation and inert matter are considered bodily creatures. Why? Why is, why is an animal and human in a different category? Um, everything has a... We're saying that all four have a soul and yet we're saying that we would ascribe uh, vegetation to the category of body. Um, and that's why the halacha is that uh, you're allowed, to, you have to eat vegetation, you cannot eat... Um, we basically put it in with... Well, it's attached to the tree. Okay, so what is that the difference is between them? We'll have to get to it tomorrow. Chazak